Please be seated. One of the things about being a, a preacher is you tend to, you know, if you've been doing it long enough, like I have, you've gone through a few, few Easter's and you sometimes think, well, is it, is it possible to, to, to think anymore, to say anymore? But I have to say that this particular passage from uh, John's Gospel is the one that constantly somehow touches me. And it is to do with, with the, the way in which Jesus speaks to Mary and, and the way he uses her name and so on, and we'll look at, at all that. But it just strikes me, here is the most momentous event in human history. Here is something which is like the creation at first, all right? This is something which is turning back death into life. This is something which defies all understanding, all belief. It, it is it is. Whatever the opposite of cataclysmic is, in a good sense, this is it, okay? This is big. But right in the middle of it, you get this very simple, delicate, very human connection being made with Jesus and Mary. And I mean, that, I'm afraid that sort of blows my mind a bit, in a sense. Something so big, and yet God is concerned and involved with an individual person at this time of astonishing happenings. Jesus said to her, Mary, that's it. He knows her. He's acknowledging her in some way. And in a sense, that is is the basis of all Christian experience. You know, being a Christian is not that you're able to check off all the doctrines that you need to check off, although those are important, he says, being a minister. It's not that you're able to sing all the hymns you should sing or the songs you should sing. It's not that you wear the right clothes or do the right things or subscribe to the right charities or anything like that. At the end of the day, it's about knowing God in Jesus Christ. That's, that's the bottom line and the top line as well. That's at its heart. And very often we, we get sidetracked by so many things, so many concerns, that we, we can sometimes forget that, really. And that's when we begin to operate in our own strength or when we begin to operate out of our prejudices or whatever, when we forget that at the heart of it is this experience with Jesus. And just notice certain things about it. This is a very personal encounter for Mary. This is between people, all right? This is very normal. At first she doesn't recognise it. Jesus is not standing there glowing, as it were. He's not standing there as some angelic being. Angels are mentioned. It's interesting. They're glowing. Jesus isn't. I don't know what that's all about, but anyway, I'll ask him one day. No doubt we'll find an answer. But it's people. It's persons talking. And the focus is on this one person, this one woman, Mary. We see this in there's a conversation that goes on. They're questioning an answer. What are you here for? Why are you sitting there? You know, why are you there? What's going on? Where have you put him? Let me know and I'll go and fetch him. There's a simple conversation that goes on here. That's what knowing God is like in Jesus. There's a simple conversation going on. That's our prayer. 
It doesn't have to be anything in exalted language, although that may help. It doesn't have to be anything that's particularly cleverly done. It's a conversation because it's personal. But there's a, there's more, a little bit more. There's an engagement here. Once he says to her, Mary, she obviously rushes up to him and sort of tries to grab hold of him. There's that rather strange thing where he says, don't, don't, don't hold on to me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not yet ascending to my father and, uh, and to your father. Um, and, and of course, theologians have thought about what this means and none of us know what it means, why he was on about that. Except I think one thing. I think there is a sense in Jesus we're just saying to him, look, don't keep me to yourself. Don't keep me to yourself. We'll see a bit more about that later. But the point is, there was a recognition and an engagement that you can almost feel bursting out from the page of, of, of love, of involvement, of, 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 of joy, of, of all, any emotion that you can think of is here. Because it's all very personal. Mary is meeting afresh the one who had freed her from evil. Mary is meeting afresh the one she thought had died the one who'd been dragged away from her, the one to whom awful things had been done. But now he's alive for her, alive for her. That's, I think, one of the critical things here. It was personal what was going on. And it was very, very, very deep in terms of what she was feeling and what Jesus was giving to her. But secondly, this was very particular to her. Did you notice something? When the angels spoke to her, they said, woman. And when Jesus first spoke to her, he said, woman. Now, they weren't being rude in doing that. That was just the common form of address, okay? But it's a general address, isn't it? It's one that anybody could have, that could go to anybody. But Jesus said, Mary. Her name, her personal uh, label, in a sense. The thing that, dis- that set her apart from other people, that helped people identify, that was particular to her. That's what he said. And it was in that moment that she knew him. It was in the saying of the name. The saying that she's probably heard before, I expect, in all sorts of different settings. But in this setting of grief, of desperate longing, that name, her name, is the one that turns the grief to an astonished joy, that turns the the hopelessness into some amazing future that she cannot yet possibly understand what it's all about, but is there. And it's for her. Out of all of the, the different names it could be, it was given to her because he cared for her as an individual, a particular person. That was the important thing. And that passage from Isaiah, I think, helps us just to to see that. God, many hundreds of years before, the expression of what he really wants for his people in their lostness and their, uh, their exile and all the rest of it, he's expressing his care profoundly for them. And that care is focused in that one word, Mary.
There will, of course, be other people. And there will, of course, be other names, as it were, that are going to be said and, and so on. But her name was the one that mattered. And to each of us, our name is the one that mattered. There's, um, there's a, a writer who died some years ago, Henry Nguyen, that some of you may know is a Dutch uh, a priest. Um, but he, he, um, he writes very movingly about Jesus' baptism. If you remember when Jesus is baptised uh, by John the Baptist and, and the heavens open and the Father says, uh, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Or, this is my son, no, it's, this is my son who I well believe, the one I love. Or, as Henry Newman says, the beloved. Because he says, you can use that as a, as a name. It's a, it, 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 Jesus is the beloved. And that name can be applied to all of us in Christ, in Christ, in God's sight. We are all beloved. So that in a sense we have two names. We've got our own name and we've got the name beloved. And for Mary she found that and saw that and discovered that. And the slide isn't moving on at the moment. Can you give it a kick? Thank you. (laughs) So this, this place of resurrection, this place is where she is known personally and particularly and where she knows herself to now be the beloved as well. That's a very important place for anybody to come to. So often people get very negative messages given to them today. I was only talking to somebody yesterday who'd, who um, was talking about a sudden sort of panic attack that they'd had at work, they were teaching, uh, And it all revolved around, they were just doing some ordinary teaching thing, but someone said something and it triggered off a memory of some traumatic experience that had happened in another school where they'd been bullied, basically. And it all flooded back and it almost seemed to immobilise them. And that sort of experience is not, frankly, unusual for people because so much garbage is thrown at people, so much muck, so much horrible stuff is, is poured out on people. In the resurrection, that stops. In the resurrection, that, needs to, that ends. Because on the cross, the sin and the badness and the rubbish is dealt with. But in the resurrection, there is now a moving on into something better and fuller and richer. And that's what Mary was seeing. That's what she was experiencing. Can you move it on again for me, please, David? Seems to have gone a bit awry. And again, please. And there is, at the end of this, though, something else that needs to be said. There is a purpose in all of this, acknowledging her personally and particularly and embracing her, as it were, with with such grace and such love. And the purpose is that she now goes off, could you click it on again for me, and tells other people, I have seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. She is someone who is a, who's witnessed the very worst that can be done, the very worst that humanity can do to anybody. That's what the cross was about. But she now sees that that very worst, in God's hand, is turned around to something astonishing that puts an end to that negative, that 
wrong and that darkness and brings light and positivity and brings hope really out of it. For her, that's what she's found. And because she's found that, she goes off and tells other people about it. I have seen the Lord. When you discover how much you are loved, it's often quite hard to keep quiet about it. When you discover somebody loves you, you want to talk about it. You want to tell other people. You want to let it be known. Sometimes it's just known because there's this big stupid grin on your face all the time. And people say, why are you like that? And you can say, because I'm loved. That's what Mary was discovering. That's what she was doing, really. And I think, I know, I know, I know, I'm I'm a minister and therefore I'm retired now. I'm old and haggard. Um, uh, but we're always going on about, oh, you've got to tell people about Jesus and all the rest of it, you know, that's it. Yeah. You think, oh, yeah, I've heard it, I've heard it, I've heard it. Yes, yeah, well, it's true. Yes, but I think, really, I've discovered more and more the way in which that happens is because we fall in love with Jesus more and more and we discover how much he loves us more and more and then it, it just sort of starts happening. It's much more natural. It becomes something... Again, like the stupid grin on the face we have when we know that someone loves us for the first time, perhaps. But it just goes on and on, day by day. What we are being asked to do, I think, in the resurrection, or what we're being offered in the resurrection, is simply more love. And the knowledge that love actually wins in the end. And that love is found in Jesus Christ. And in that relationship with him where he says your name and my name. But he says it with the care and the compassion and, and the, the, the urging saying, go on, go and tell others a bit about it as well. If you could turn on to the next slide. Here's a prayer. If you want to, you can pray it with me in a moment. If you don't, don't. It's, 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 it's a prayer of sort of just asking that we might be renewed and refreshed in God. And it may not be where you're at. So please, you know, I think it's important that, that we are always where we're real with God. This may not be where, you may not need to pray this at all. But if you feel this is something that will help you engage with the reality of Easter even more, if this will help you to know that you are named by God and he loves you and that that's something that that will just bounce around inside of us all and fill us up with that reality of 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 the love that the spirit gives to us that we might share that then by all means join me in praying this prayer shall we be quiet for just a minute and just reflect on that just think about how much you are loved in God And that the name you hold, the name you have, is very special to him. That you're not, you're not part of a crowd. You're not part of a conglomerate. You are you and you are personally loved in a particular way by God. And if you want to, join with me in this prayer. Father, Lord of heaven and earth, we want to come alongside your son, Jesus, 
We want to know his ways and know him as our saviour and pattern for life. We put aside our attempts to manage and control our lives and gladly give them over to your wisdom and care. Please grant us a renewed experience of your love in your Holy Spirit. We seek humility and gentleness of heart so that we may glorify you, one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, in all we say, do and are, now and always. Amen. And God who hears our prayers, who joins in the conversation with us, will answer us.